Hello and welcome back to GNT, a podcast where we drink gin and tea alongside other beverages that we enjoy. But they might not be gin or tea, but you know, they're still acceptable ish. I'm your host, Sophie, and I am here today with your loyal, laudable, laughing sidekick, Craig. I didn't hear a laughter, Craig. <laughs> That wasn't very. That was creepy. No, that was a RuPaul <laughs> laugh. <laughs> oh well, I got him started now, so that you know that's that's oh, something. Well done. Yeah, very good. More alliteration mm-hmm. following last week's alliteration. Exactly. Are you going to do alliteration every week? I'm going to try. You didn't do the first week that I can remember. I did. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did. I always choose a letter in the alphabet and then think of three words, which may or may not best describe me. Some of them I make up. Okay, you make up the words to mm-hmm. enjoy. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, I, I was trying to think, because I'm, I'm, I'm running low on questions on different like beverages to mm. cross between. So today we've got a bit of a random one. Yeah. It's not the cream and milk, though. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We're not, <laughs> we're not going back to that. Yeah. No, we've got cloudy or not cloudy lemonade. Ooh, I like cloudy lemonade. I don't know why. I don't know if it's any different. It is because it's got more lemony, like mm. the cloudy. It's got that kind of like dark edge to it. Like it's yeah. a lot deeper color than a normal lemonade because most normal lemonades are like clear with the bubbles, yeah. whereas cloudy's got got that kind of cloudiness. It feels it more described. authentic as well, doesn't it? it? Does it's like the jar that you get down on like down. Sorry to Sorry. anybody in the South of America who. <laughs> That's what I imagine it like. You the know, having a refreshing America. South. I don't know what that was. Your accent was not good. <laughs> You're getting a dodgy laugh. But it wasn't it wasn't insulting, it was more, you know, they well, it is a yeah. bit of stereotyping films, but that's what I was thinking. They sell that kind of stuff all the time on The Simpsons for like a cent, a cup. They do, they do. So or whatever. Um Or a dollar. A dollar, dollar bill. A dollar is that quite expensive for a cup of that's quite expensive. No, I've like fifty cents or something usually. I don't know, a dollar's not that much. What do you, you think? prefer? Cloudy or Cloudy. Yeah. Because I well, it depends what you're having out. If you're mixing it with something, and maybe still, well, I don't know if it's still, but non-cloudy lemonade, you just have lemonade. But I do really like cloudy lemonade. If you gave me a choice to enjoy one by itself, I'll pick cloudy over the other one any time. People who listen to this podcast will not be surprised to learn that I do also make my own lemonade sometimes. Yep, that's that doesn't <laughs> surprise anybody. Do you make it cloudy or not? It, it's kind of cloudy because you're taking the because I bring lemons back from France and. Um, the uh, which we grow out there, and uh, when you squeeze the juice, obviously, because you've got a high level of the actual lemon juice in it, it is cl- as you say, it is cloudier, mm-hmm. um, and it's much nicer. It's so lovely. I think, I think it is to do with how you're getting the lemons and creating the lemonade. With a lot of lemonade, it probably has artificial flavoring now yeah, rather than yeah, traditional yeah. getting your lemon, squeezing it, putting it in the juice. It's also a little bit more sour, it's not quite as mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoy that. What uh, about rose lemonade versus cloudy re- lemonade? I've never ever had rose lemonade. You've never had pink lemonade. Oh no, I have. Mm, no, 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 I love it. Yeah, no, I like. I don't mind rose and stuff, which is probably foreshadowing one of the ginger oh, yeah. tasting. What today. an amazing that that is an amazing bridge, by the way. Yeah, we're not going to the gin first, though. We're going <laughs> no. to the tea first, and you didn't even think about it. I at least think of my bridges. Yeah, but yeah. Um, not a fan of rose lemonade. Oh, I don't. I won't mind it, but I prefer just cloudy lemonade, other lemonade. 
and probably right. It just has this kind of edge to it that I don't like as much. If you, so, if you were mixing a drink that had lemonade, so you were having a vodka lemonade or something like that, you would choose normal lemonade. Normal lemonade. Mm. Yeah, I'd have cloudy on its own, unless you're having it like with lemon gin. I'd have it with lemon gin on some of the yeah. gins we've had. You should use your lemons to make gin. Yes, that's a good idea. I actually use my lemons to make limoncello and lemonade. That's a good idea. It's very good. It's absolutely delicious. It's so... I was going to say sickly sweet, but it's not. It's Because it, the sharpness comes through, it kind of cuts down on that syrupiness. But it's dangerously strong. We move on to what our lovely tea is today, rather than to discuss lemonade, which we yeah. could be there all day and what you're making with all the lemons. Exactly. But before we do, what's today's theme? I can't remember what today's theme is. This this one, I think we were talking about fruit. So the, the they're both kind of quite floral. So it's kind of like... Light and floral and a bit feminine, maybe? I wouldn't call them feminine, but pink. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. actually, the tea isn't pink. The gin is slightly pink. And they, they kind of feel like... Well, we're talking about summer. They, they both remind me of Midsummer Night's Dream because yeah. of the gin and the okay. tea. You're kind of like... Off. I know we've just done the D and D campaign in that kind of land as well, yeah. buffet. But that might be why it's in my head. But it's got that kind of like ethereal kind of like idea yeah, about lightness. both of them. They're light. Yeah. They're tasty. They take you away to somewhere like warm and like mm, I'm just gonna kind of drift away into yeah, my dreamland. Dreamy. Yeah. Dreamy. But it could be dreamy. Not dreamy, dreamy, sleepy, 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 nighty, snoozy, snooze. I don't know what that is. That's okay. <laughs> What's today's tea, Sophie? What's today's tea? <laughs> well, now usually I ask you that, but today's tea, Craig, is white tea. It and is. I actually got to try white tea. I haven't tried this white tea, but I tried white tea with Luba. Very nice. After Between seasons. So that what, was quite um, good. What white tea was it you had? Was it just plain white tea or was it white tea with bits? Or, it was plain oh. white tea, from what I remember of taking a picture of the bottle though Luba might correct me and it was really nice I really enjoyed it so I'm quite excited to try this one white tea something different mm. was something we spoke about before is it a different type because mainly we've had black tea some yeah. green teas that like we had yeah. the green tea last week but we haven't had white tea and white tea is another variety and I think you said white tea is when they get the leaves at, is an earlier point they get the leaves and then they make the white see I've learned something you're nodding at exactly. me exactly I don't need to do any talking this episode because you've taught me yeah but white tea comes off the vines it's soon after you've taken it off and you rolled it and you're drying it the white tea is one of the first bits of the tea you take sort of let me just do a wee correctional on you okay what I've uh, learned it's been it's been a couple of months since you taught yeah, me about yeah. white tea I bored you endless with it uh, no so yeah you're totally right white tea is um well first of all it's the most expensive type of tea you can get um it is some people would consider it the purest form of tea it gets the name white tea from the sort of downy hairiness when i say that i don't mean the young tea leaves and buds are covered in hair but they've kind of got a silveriness to them when they just emerge and you literally have one or two weeks to pick white tea before the leaves open up fully so it's the very first flush of growth usually uh -huh. in like april and they've got a couple of weeks just to get the white tea picked now lots of places won't pick white tea they'll allow it to develop into the first picking of black tea or green tea or whatever it is oh. so it's got its own thing the thing that so, so far you're correct the thing that is not correct though is they don't roll it it's just dried in the sun and packaged 
Okay, so it's not one of those like the black tea when you can roll it. So this There's, is dried yeah. and out it goes, yeah, and it's, it's quite expensive. They do as little to it as possible because they're try- it's so delicate, and they're trying to retain as much of those elements and characteristics as they can. Um, white tea isn't widely available, although it's becoming slightly more available, and probably in the next few years it'll become more and more available. Um, you can see it as a blend with things, like, this is why I asked, with like pomegranate, and I've had white tea and pomegranate before. I think Twinings used to do a white tea pomegranate, okay. and it was really nice. Um, but this is just, as you say, organic pure white tea. Um, it's grown in China almost exclusively, although some of the other regions are starting to develop a white tea. But as I say, it's still pretty niche. Okay. Um, and it's extremely expensive. The um, health benefits of it are incredible. So when you pour a white tea, we've probably left the bag in for a wee bit longer. You want to get it as pale as possible. So it really is just in for a little bit of time and then taken out. Again, you're not squeezing the bag to bring out any bitter elements. You're just lifting it out. <laughs> you're looking at me as if... may have squeezed the bag. <laughs> I can tell in your face. Yeah, you can tell um, when you're looking. See, this is the benefit of us recording in the same place. Like, you can tell that, yeah. Well, it's gone like, I call this deep pea coloured. Pea as in the garden vegetable? No, in, in, in you if know. If you are, if you're as dehydrated as that, you seriously need to go to the doctor. I know, but that's like, like I said, if it's deep pea coloured, if you've got a problem, that's what colour it is. For you at home, I'd like you to know that what Sophie's referring to as deep pea is probably more like a tan brown. No, I'd so say it's Sophie got orange has some hands. Kind of medical condition that she needs to deal with. I don't have a med- my pea does not look like this <laughs> colour. God, it looks more like I don't know a, a re- or not even green tea because that has a green edge. Not like the teas. Yeah. So as we uh, you mentioned green tea, so green tea is typically thought of to be a super healthy tea which i debunked in the last it's not particularly any more healthy than all the other teas however white tea is thought to be even healthier than a green tea so whereas a green tea might have 20 milligrams of caffeine white tea only has 15 milligrams of caffeine ah so this is good for when we're recording later that i don't get pumped up on caffeine uh, green tea is grown in china and japan and some other places white tea as i say is typically only processed in uh, China um, comes from Camellia sinensis. So it's the early buds, it's like the early, when you're pulling early, the them off. The very first flush of growth, the fresh. They're not growth. flowering. It's before. It's just when the leaves are just coming out from like winter, and you've got them exactly. in this like really small wind. Okay, I can imagine what they'd look like with these leaves coming out in the spring, and then you go pick, 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 real quick, uh, exactly. dry, dry and bag, and exactly. then you sell. Yeah, that's probably why it's so expensive. It's not a fermented tea. So when they pick it, they try not to do anything to oxidise it. It's not fermented in any way. It's got no oxidisation. And because of that, it's got three times less the antioxidant, or three times more the antioxidants in it than all other teas. Ah, oh, so it's got more health benefits from these antioxidants that are kind of kept in it. It's also considered to be antibacterial and antiviral. Oh, so will it help with the current climate of stuff yeah because of the high level of antioxidants oh so people should be drinking white tea is this what we're saying they should be bathing in white tea so we're going to bathe and drink white tea and it's going to stop covid yeah basically i don't think that's going to happen it's extremely expensive to buy because it's the first flush it's limited you only get one picking in the season uh and it is lovely it's got a, a very subtle slight herby but very slight sweet flavor yeah, it does. I, I like it. I, I wouldn't say, well, you say, oh, you left the bag in too long. I don't get a lot of flavour from this. And this was I found with the other one. It's got you this don't? 
no it's kind of got this nice kind of edge it just i'm trying to think what it might it does remind me of like like we we're saying in the last episode was herbaceous this has kind of got this herby floral edge to it and it's just really refreshing mm. it's, it's 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 kind of hard to explain really without you trying it it's one of those that you have to try to understand the yeah. edge to it and it is slightly different to the other one i tried with luba like with the flavors and it's one like like I wouldn't have milk in it. Like I'm getting a lot of teas Absolutely. unless I have proper like black breakfast tea. I'm not having milk in tea, and I'm understanding why because same bought Roy Boss and I don't have milk in that. The key last week we the mint tea. I wouldn't put milk in this, and this one I like. There's no milk because it ruins it. I think it would make it taste rather revolting. To it be would, fair, actually, it's such a light tea. Just having it black, it's not oppressive. You're not getting that tannin-y flavour that you get with some of the black teas, which Mm-mm. can benefit from getting a fat in it. No, it's because it's so light. <laughs> it, it does feel... It almost feels like a green tea in some ways, mm. but it's not because it's got that lightness and it kind of wraps around my mouth and coats it nicely. Yeah, what it doesn't have, which some green teas do have, is they've got a very slight bitterness. No White bitterness. doesn't have a bitterness Mm-mm. at There's all. There's no bitterness. It's not sweet, but it's not sour. It's kind of like... I don't know. It's kind of not either, but it's not. It's got something there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of really. It's nice. It's refreshing, like you said, and it's really hard to kind of for my palate to even to pinpoint the exact flavors with it because it's just. It feels like they're so blended really well, and it does take it's you back so to so smooth, isn't it? It's really smooth. That spring day when you're with the leaves and you smell them, because yeah. you know you kind of get in spring when all the just before the blossom, you get in that smell and everything's refreshing, everything's renewed. It's one of these renewing teas because of it because because it's just like you come out of the winter you've been down and then this kind of like this tea wakes you up and enlightens you and that's what it feels like that it's kind of bringing those flavors to you as well i love that it's it's you're right that's exactly that kind of imagery um and it is a subtle tea it hasn't got a strong developed flavor not at all it's but so it subtle. has got a flavor and it's very pleasant to drink it's enjoyable, but I, I can't pinpoint like it's there. And I know I left the tea bag probably in it slightly too long, but it's really hard because like, the flavor's there and it kind of is there for a moment. And I'm almost picking the flavors out and then it's gone. Yeah. I, I can't. They're not staying there for me to tell you exactly what they yeah. are. And I think that's why it's so tricky and it's different. It's almost like you have to keep drinking it to know what the flavors are. And you almost get a tint of something else and then it's gone again. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit tantalising. If you pick fresh tea and brew the fresh tea, it tastes like that. It's kind of got this greenish flavour. A bit buttery or smooth. There's there's a feeling of body without overwhelming weight. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. Because it just feels really, like, smooth. I know the colour's a bit deeper. I don't think that affects it too no, much. No, actually, that's fine. I would say that the way you've made that is actually perfect. Yeah, even with my tea bag squeeze. It's really good. Yeah. I really like white tea, and that's a particularly good one. It is good. Um, that's, I think it was Clipper, the organic Clipper Yeah, the Clipper, because it's the organic bags. Yeah. With that, and I, and, and, um, I put in a that you can do a lot with tea bags, not to waste them afterwards, yeah. which is quite key. It's not something we've spoken about as much, but... I remember you saying when one of my money tree was kind of there, you said, I'll put it in a tea bath, like put the tea bag in and yeah. put it in. And the t- tea could give the nutrients back to the plants, to the soil. And I think exactly. that's quite key to understanding that, you know what, it does help us, but it helps other species as well. Totally. Maybe not my cat, but... 
Yeah. But as you said, a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week, you did the photo on Instagram of the rose with the tea bag on it and you asked, what do you do with your tea bags? That's ideal. Put them out around the base of plants, especially the organic uh, biodegradable tea bags that have got no plastic in them. They'll just rot away into the ground and or you put them on your compost heap because uh, they are actually full of nutrition and really good at bulking up soil. And it changes the acidity of your compost a little bit and helps to deter things like slugs and snails. Ah, so slugs and snails don't like them? No, they're slightly too acidic. Coffee mm. grounds are famous for that, but tea also. That's really good. That That's a good top tip. Keep your slugs and snails away with your tea bags. Exactly. Might tell my aunt. She has... bag your slugs and snails. I think that will take us into a different kind of conversation, Craig, <laughs> which I can't beep out because it's not rude, but we'll talk about tea bags. Yeah. There we go. No, I like white tea. Like, I'm interested to try more. And did you just get this? Where did you get the clipping? from uh this is probably from pillars of hercules or something like that but you don't see white tea white no. tea in many places no i think the one i tried with luba she'd picked up somewhere like a bit more i think it was maybe john lewis or somewhere yeah somewhere which is a bit more upmarket which we, we, we shouldn't say that you go to go <laughs> market to get tea but i remember seeing picture i had another friend You've gone down to Fortnum and Mason and you have the tea bit there. And that's yeah. the kind of place you'd feel you'd go and get the tea. And it's weird. I guess with the yeah. culture, it's one of those more upmarket that you think people aren't all going to buy and pay money for. But I guess it's one of those things like with the gin, you appreciate it more if you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. I like white tea and I'm glad that we got to try it because it's so different to yeah. the other teas. And you can tell the difference if you mm. put that up next to one that the green tea was the same color. You can tell immediately, yeah. yeah, yeah, why it's different. I almost expect more from it though, but I can understand why it's not more from the picking. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, not really. Well, I I, I enjoy it, but it's so subtle, mm. and I appreciate it subtle. But part of me also wants it to be kind of hit me in the face and say, "I'm white tea, and I'm here to tantalize your taste buds." Yeah, but that's not at all the nature of white tea. I know, I know, <clears throat> but you you almost want it because of its prestige that you want it to be a bit more. But also, I appreciate that it isn't. It's sort of the innocent, virginal young maiden of the hot beverage world. So you're going to say this is the maiden of the hot beverage world, is the white tea. Yeah. I guess so, because white is pure, I it's, guess, in yeah. imagery. Yeah. So you have the... And that's why they might call... Because are the leaves white? Why would it be called white they just, tea? just... When they emerge, they have a kind of silvery um, sort of downiness to them. Okay. Not massively, but there is, a, there is there are tiny little hairs on the leaves, and on the buds particularly, um, which give it this kind of white or silvery oh, okay uh, almost like to me that sounds almost like elven kind of like mystical with yeah. that kind of silvery edge or kind of silvery like bark or something this is definitely the kind of tea that galadriel will drink oh in like a morning tea she's gonna have some white tea in yeah. a little cup yeah yeah okay that's good I just imagine her kind of sipping it but then also because she's also kind of ethereal and fey she mm. might enjoy our gin yeah. Good, see, yeah. See, I link. keep going. We're going to yeah, keep yeah, saying. Yeah. I'll keep. I'll keep trying on these bridges. <laughs> so the gin is one you haven't tried before, but I've tried and I ended up getting another bottle because I had actually finished this bottle. This is the Eden Mill Love Gin. Oh. Um. So we're, we're saying because it's got this kind of pink edge to it. So Eden Mill's one that's not far away from us as a distillery, and I've been there. And the glasses we actually drink, which you may have seen in the pictures, are Eden Mill 
gin tasting glasses from when I went with Chris to there. We took the bus. We tried a lot of gin. It was really quite interesting. So Edenmill actually has moved on the campus where they are based, but we went beforehand. So it's in an old paper mill, but it used to actually distill gin. I won't, I won't spoil any more of the till the tour. Yeah. And it was really quite interesting to see the distills. And they've, they've actually said they the reason they made gin, which is no secret, is because, what like we're saying, with the whiskey. Mm. They were making whiskey, which they've now released. But because they're waiting for it for the three years, they decided to make gin. And the gin they made was actually in these really distinctive kind of bottles. They're ceramic with this yeah. kind of pop top, if you've seen them. And I was wondering, because the Love Gin now is in a different bottle. And I think because of lockdown... The guy in the shop when I bought this said they couldn't put it in the old bottle, so they're now putting this new bottles and it's nice, but I miss the old bottle. Yeah, yeah. And then that's kind of thing. I think it's because I got so used to it and I collect some of the old bottles and I'll be using them at our wedding to have like flowers in. Um, they're quite distinctive, but I, I do appreciate this new bottle and it kind of adds to the allure and the flavour. And, and and in their description, actually, there's something magical about this gin. Because it was one of the first ones they they made, Eden right. Mill. Um, and from there, Eden Mill was actually where it is, where it's made, where the Eden Mill and the Garbage Paper Mill. And it's on the Eden Estuary. And Love Gin is their pink gin. And they're saying we're talking about rose lemonade, saying it goes with rose lemonade and some Ooh, fruit. What yeah. a link. And it's quite sweet. It's quite floral. Um, it's saying some of, well, you've got juniper botanicals of rose, angelica, mm. goji berries, raspberry. Mm. Um, it's got quite a few different kind of flavours in it. It's just got this kind of like edge to it, but you've got these spicy, you've got strawberry, raspberry, uh, green fruit, and it's got a bit of pink grapefruit and rose petals from it as well. Uh, so you're getting all these kind of pink kind of fruits mm. coming through and it's just quite nice. And then they're liking it to the white lady of St. Andrew's leading his hand to her mysterious rose scented garden. Enjoying love gin in the company of your favourite people. You know, we could sit in the garden and enjoy it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're also saying it's roses because it's got this kind of rose color pink edge to it. Yeah. It's kind of like symbol beauty, love, mystery, innocence. So we're talking about kind of the other themes we have, the white gin and yeah. white tea as well, which yeah. I think why we let we link them, them together because yeah. we thought quite nice and have mysterious kind of fade. I'm going to try it. Yeah, I was going to say try it in the proper Eden Mill glass. What do you think? Like, I think they've changed the recipe slightly. This is not how I remember, unless it was the bottles. How? Are you, what flavours are we getting? I think I've destroyed that with the tonic. <clears throat> yes. So Craig added tonic. Um, this is another 40% ABV. And I said, it's another one that I find, it has more of a burn than some of the others, but it is quite nice and refreshing from it. But yeah, but I, when I tried it before I added the tonic, because I only took a tiny little bit of the gin, um, but I've added too much tonic. Um, but I did try it before I added the, the tonic, uh, and it did give me too much of a hard alcoholic hit to begin with. But the flavours afterwards is rosy, it is lovely and light and floral. Um, and I, I do get that kind of slight tartness that you get from goji berries. It just kind of round mm-hmm. it off or give it give it quite a good edge a defining edge to the flavor almost um it's lovely and light and refreshing you can really imagine drinking that in a long tall long glass full of crushed Fruit. ice 
and strawberries and raspberries bobbing about in it. That would be really nice. Yeah, nice kind of fruit. It says it's got a hint of rose water, and I think you could almost put rose water in with it because it would yeah. give that kind of nice kind of edge with that kind of garden note and different flavours too. And I might actually want to stretch that out rather than using tonic or anything. I might want to stretch that out with a, like a peach juice or something like that. And that'd be good. Or like kind of a fruity kind of juice, but not heavy, not like cranberry juice. I think yeah. that would kill it. You need something quite a light. A water-based, like a, a peach water or a cranberry water or a raspberry water or something Yes, like yes, that. kind of a water, not quite yeah. a tonic, because I think the tonic almost takes away and you need something to complement those flavours yeah. from yeah. it. But it is warm. It's got, like I said, it's sharp and sweet and fruity. And I would say it is. It's got that kind of tartness from some of the red fruits, from some of like the raspberries. Mm. You still got the nice sweet edge and then kind of the warmth coming through at the end. And it, it's it's nice, I think, for a gin and one of their, like, I am a big fan of Eden Mills gins um, beforehand and, and going to see all the, kind of the story behind it. It's really yeah. interesting. I've really enjoyed it. So a gin you enjoy? Lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely gin. I think it could replace Pims on the Croquelon. Definitely. I think it has that and it is now like ubiquitous and where you can buy it it's yeah. one that you can you do see it see it everywhere and yeah. now you have to look out for this kind of new bottle which like i said i'm not it's a, new, it's a glass bottle it's a glass yeah. bottle so the old one the ceramic one's great because you got the top and, and this one it's fine like i understand and it's quite iconic still because it's different to other gin bottles because it's got this kind of like ribbing or it's, yeah it's kind of a ribbed bottle edge and it's got quite a nice quite nice top on it as well and you still got the kind of symbol on it, but it, I know I know they couldn't carry on with the ceramic bottles. Ceramic bottles are going to cost, and the reason they had them in the first place is because they were going to use them, and they had them left over to put all the whis like the whiskey in, and then they put the gin in. But I guess long term, this is, makes more sense to have the glass bottles and kind of do that with oh, the totally, marketing and totally. branding. It's a bit more kind of uh, commercially friendly as well, commercial for 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 stacking in shops and on shelves and stuff. Yeah, because they actually had only one machine that was topping them and then waxing them yeah. because the old ones had wax seal around it as well. And I mm -hmm. think because of the move at the like uh, Eden Mill to move it across, I haven't had a chance because I don't think they've been open with everything and the move to be able to go. But I do have vouchers, so I think yes, we should go. We, we, we did say we're going to go, go yeah. back to see the other tour and, and taste. And today, kind of like to tell you a bit more, I was going to tell you the story of when we went to the tasting because we went around all of this. We saw where the beer because they do beer as well which is really quite interesting and went all around see the distills see all the bottle in see all the actual dis i think they had two stills there's one or two stills they had them and they look like um a continuous kind of still right okay in a copper yeah it's yeah. coming up there's a nice copper still going up and it, it was interesting because afterwards we had this tasting so it was chris and i and people who were a little bit older than us and they were kind of like chatting and I, and I drink my neat and I think I shocked everyone by me <laughs> sitting there drinking it neat, telling them all about the gins. And then, because they gave us like for the taste and they gave different tonics to try with all the different gins mm. and fruit. So they actually gave us fruit for this ah, one. So I put okay. the fruit in and the ice and then I was just sipping it neat. And I think like all the other people we were with, like thinking, what, what are, are you doing? doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was quite funny. So it was just us who were clearly the youngest there drinking this and me just drinking it neat and i don't like because i got used to it i don't have a bad effect because i'm drinking this now i don't feel much well to be fair i don't have much but yeah, yeah i think they're quite surprised they were drinking it all and then we took the bus home because we're sensible but it was a really nice kind of day and trying it and i ended up buying this set 
I think I bought the oak gin with these two glasses, but these glasses have been like they've made their own worth with yeah. us tasting all the gins today because I've got two of them. And I used to have three because I smashed one. Um, and just the shape of it, it's like a little beaker. I think we've spoken about it before. It's conical if you've seen on the Instagram of the pictures. And because of that, you're getting the flavor. It's the same with like wine glasses, which I mentioned when you have different kind of wine glasses. The glass reflects what you want the drink to be. And gin needs this glass to kind of like, because when you swirl it, the aroma is how it hits and how it's kind of pushed up so you can mm. smell the bouquet and smell the nose mm. is really good. Because you were saying like last week with the lime and the yeah. cactus, yeah, yeah. this glass I think is helping you hit those yeah, flavours. Yeah, very f- sort of heavily, heavily scented almost in that sense. You could really got, you got a nose full. Exactly. And this one, like, I don't think I have spoke about it, but I always surprise people when I did like wine taste. You have a dominant nostril. Mm. Like like you have a dominant hand, you have a dominant nostril. So if you like, like you smell now with both nostrils, Craig. One of them you'll get a better smell from it. You can't smell anything. I've finished my glass. Yeah, it's in my left nostril. Seems to be a bit. Yeah, clearer. I think it's almost. Well, what I've found so far is it's the opposite nostril to your dominant hand. Well, that's I'm ambidextrous. Okay, well, mine is, I think my left nostril is slightly stronger and I'm right-handed. So it'd be interesting if people comment to see what they think it is. But if you actually close your nose and try, you can't taste anything. You're, you're so yeah. reliant on your nose yeah. to try these flavours that this is when you like lose your sense of taste or smell or have kind of things affecting your nose. You then don't get anything because it's your nose that's helping the flavours. And as long as you take your sense of smell out, the taste is gone. Yes. You cannot taste it at all. And this is like one of the things I get people trying wine tasting spoilers but anyway you, you can't taste it like it, the two are so interlinked so when like you have anything connected to them both and you lose both you can't have anything from it yes yeah yeah which is quite interesting to see but yeah glass is good helping the flavors Eden mills great do like their other gins as well yeah because not that long ago i tasted their oak one yes because I, I had that as well you we had, had that and i had a little bit of that and it was really really good and it was like a whiskey or something it was taking a lot of the flavor out of the barrel it yeah was, it was it taken was from nice. the cast i think they must have used although i can't remember the casts they had for some of the whiskey and use one of those whiskey barrels to then get the oak gin because it has yeah, that oaky flavor definitely. to it and it's nice and then they have like their normal gin i know they've done a few special edition gin they've also kind of forayed more into fruit gin yeah i've seen some of their weird like, combination gins as well in in yeah i've not tried them but a lot of them I saw them but uh, love gin blueberry and stuff Ru- like there's that. rhubarb yeah so they're, they're like mm-hmm. the ones when we say they're only 20 percent of like a gin liqueur rather than a full gin yeah with those flavors coming through and they're a lot sweeter and people like them because they're sweeter yeah but yeah i, I think i've become too much of a purist with gin to think that i enjoy them as much i prefer having like a proper full gin to get yeah. the whole experience of it yeah and for me i like those kind of clean refreshing gins not those viscousy gins and this is a really nice clean gin it is it's like like your one it's not viscousy it's quite it's got a pink tint to it it's, it, it doesn't look as lovely cute. but it's a nice it's almost like a it's not got the warm glow of a rosé but it's very pale like a provencal rosé it's, it's like, very pale it's like a proper provencal rosé because yeah. some of them like they're that pale. Yeah. Like we're going to be looking at another wine gin in a few weeks. We are, yes. And that one reminds me of this kind of kind of interlinked because yeah. that one, yeah, yeah. some Provence roses, Provence roses are so pale and they're so dry. And I think people have come so used to with rosé 
used to like Californian and that's not a proper rosé. White Zinfandel and things like that, no. which are bright strawberry pink. And you think, what on earth is that? And I know, they, they have their you, place. They, they have, have their, their place. place. They have their place. But if you have a nice Provencal rosé bought in South France, they're just fantastic. You can't beat them, and they're like they're a lot dry. A lot of the other ones are far too sweet. But if you have a proper one, you want a glass, especially in this warm weather. Sipping it, you can imagine being in the south of France, just mm. having this lovely glass. I'm closing my eyes now, just to kind of imagine it with the breeze and the stuff from the Alps and the Med, terrain. Um, it 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 just takes you to a whole other world. And there are other countries that do great rosé. Like I had a really good rosé from New Zealand. Um. Mr. Graham Norton Rosé, which was great. And I tried that. It's really good. And a lot oh, it's of... his own... Has he got a vineyard? Yeah, it? no, Has he doesn't have a vineyard. He works with... I've forgotten who they are. It begins with an I. But anyway, they, he worked with him. He did a white called Graham, like, Graham Norton White. I, I can try and find out because we're at the computer while we're here. Yeah, because Graham Norton famously on his show drinks uh, a huge glass of white wine. So do you think the wine he's drinking on his show is the white that they have produced for him? I Yeah, it is. He actually has said it is from there. Um he has his own wine that he's been drinking on the show. Oh, hang on. I've seen it. I've just remembered it's In Vivo. I knew it was with an eye right, and I was trying to... Okay. In Vivo do lovely Sauvignons. Like, I like their Sauvignon blog from New Zealand anyway. And Graham has worked with them. He produced the white and quite recently he produced this rosé. And it is just great. Oh, he's also oh, he's done a Shiraz now. That's quite exciting. I've not seen his red. Is that gin as well? Oh, I don't know. Uh, That's a bottle of gin. Oh, Oh, no, he's done an Irish dry gin with them. Okay, he's got a whole range now. It's quite exciting. Wow, Graham, you've been busy. Well, I'll have to see when he's back on this show. It looks like almost proper rosé, isn't it? It is proper rosé. It's got that dry style, and it's just really refreshing. And we, I think we got it in a supermarket. Um, Yeah, and you can get the Graham Norton White, which is great. But in vivo wines in themselves are great. So I'd recommend, heartily recommend them. They've been just, just a great winery. And yeah. he his wines, like, he's blended them with them. And, yeah, he's been around for a while. So, yeah, those are recommended. That's kind of taken us to another kind of topic that's not there. But, you know, I like talking about wine as well. That's so, going to be a, another podcast. A wine po- I could easily do a wine podcast. I, a wine I, podcast. I, I picked this, but, yeah, I've still got a lot of wine. Still like chatting about it. Yeah. So... Yeah, should we then, because it's getting to that time of night, call our lovely producer? Yes, it is time for me to retain my crown. Well, I'm hoping I beat you this week. You're two up. Two up, I chose. So just to reiterate, uh, or just while we're waiting for the producer to arrive, I will just remind you. So we have, uh, I was given a gift of uh, a pack of various botanicals in which you use to... uh, infuse your own gin so we are, have decided that we're going to use that to make a gin and tea podcast gin uh it won't be commercially available it's really just a it's bit of be interest a couple for of bottles us. probably we yeah. try and we're gonna when we get to a thousand followers on instagram that's what we've decided yes. yeah then we're going to launch the competition so you know you have to keep liking us like share subscribe yeah, yeah. because we're getting there keep going and when we get there hopefully by the time we've made yeah. this gin we will as uh 
competition yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at least um to get someone to win a bottle of it that yeah. we put together it may be good it may be absolutely disgusting but that's part of the game so uh whoever wins the quiz round gets to choose the botanicals so so far i've won two out of two uh, and i chose elderberries and cassia bark so yes. wh whoever wins today will choose the third botanical that goes into our gin and i think we're putting a total of seven botanicals seven in. yeah you had a choice of 12 do you have them all there to do the list craig yeah uh -huh. just to I like let everyone know and then to, re the... to remind everyone what the choices are because i think some of them we veto because they're disgusting and we didn't think some of them go. like uh licorice for example neither of us like licorice so we took that out of yeah licorice the... fruit out of the thing yep so what have we got <clears throat> left to pick from craig's just looking it up because he can't remember so he's getting it can't even remember. Oh, here it is. Uh, right, so we have uh, fennel seed, elderberry, licorice, which, which we took out, orange and lemon uh, peel, juniper berries, which we're going to put in as a standard. I yeah, think. so that was the eighth one because you yeah. need juniper. Uh, lemongrass, lavender, dark roast coffee beans, rose petals, dried ginger, which might be quite interesting, yeah. pink peppercorns, and cassia. Okay. Well, we will see now. Our producer is here to see what's happened and who wins today. Exactly. Hello, producer. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Uh, it's great that you can come and help us with this. You don't mind, do you? I don't. No, um, the reason we've got Chris helping us is because we thought, for fairness, if we have a um, third, third party, party, yep, correct, cranky Greg, to come and ask us a question, then we won't know, because before we were asking them to each other and asking the guests, but this one makes it a little trickier, so Chris has been roped in to find questions, even though he doesn't really enjoy gin or tea. Yeah. Or finding questions for our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we've got only three questions, best of three, to make it a little fairer. So are you good with your questions yeah. today? I, I am. We'll just go for it. Yes. Okay. Going for a mixture this time. Ooh. I know. That That's unique. Exciting. <laughs> right. First one. What percentage of alcohol does gin need to be to be legally called gin? 37 and a half. half. Yeah, I thought that would be too easy for you. So that one's a tie. Okay. We had that in our one other each. one. One each. And we always said jinx. I should have jinxed you. Yeah, yeah. If you'd done that, you would have won the round. Uh, I did yeah, say jinx you before be you. Say anything else? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Okay. Unless we said your full name, which mm. I'm not doing on the podcast. No. Uh, data or my protection. Security number. I don't know what that is. I know no, my no. own. Okay. Carry cool. on. So, uh, second question: Roughly, how much percent of the UK's overall gin is produced in Scotland? <sighs> oh, that's a great question. I would say. Well, you go first, Sophie. Okay, I think quite a lot. I'm going to go 38. I was thinking 34, so I'm going to go 34. Jeez, every time you guys say something like, oh, it could be quite a lot, you're like half the way there's 70%. <laughs> what, really? 70% yeah. of I the win. UK's gin? That's amazing. Is that it is produced nuts. in Scotland? That is, that is yeah. nuts. That's so that, amazing. That, that's over half, because I thought more was produced because there's quite a lot of English, and I, I was quite concern quite a lot of the gins kind of like spoilers that we've picked for this season are scottish but there's so many good scottish gins and that kind of justifies our choice with sense. this it's 70 yeah. percent wow. come from up here oh, well done sophie you got well, i mean my, <laughs> Not source, really. my source is the daily mail so i, I don't know <laughs> I, I don't really think that's a victory but it is a point for me it is a point but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm quite pleased so you've to... won this game 
No, because we've got one last no, question. Was, oh, yeah, it's first was a tie, yeah. Okay. Really? Because you, might have to, you might have to do a tiebreaker then mm. if I don't get this. Maybe. Um, so, third question. It's estimated that the protesters, Boston Harbour, the Boston Tea Party, mm. toss more than how many pounds of tea? <laughs> What's a pound in kilograms again? I have no idea, but I can't remember. somebody can tell us. Just uh, make a number, just guess a number. Oh, I thought you were going to guess first. I will. I think it was something like... Uh, 4,000 pounds of tea. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think, because I don't know enough about the history to know about the Boston Heap. I'm going to go with 3,000. The, the trend continues at uh, 92,000. 92,000 yeah. pounds of tea. Yeah. So that means Craig gets that point. Oh, and no. And so a tie. Oh, no. Um, so let's go with approximately how many tea bags would that have filled? Uh, I think it would have filled half a million tea bags. I think it's more. I think it's like over a million tea bag 92 pounds of tea when you think of how much that is in a tea bag it must be at, le at least a million tea bags if not more it's four just over forty-two thousand kilograms okay well I'll so yeah with. actually probably no I'm you know you right. said no, yours. but yeah yeah you're pretty, uh, i'm seeing half a mil i said a million okay it's 18 and a half million yeah Wow. When I realised how 42,000 kilograms, how much tea that would be, I thought we're both miles off. Yeah, that's a lot of tea. It's a lot of tea. And they dumped that into the harbour so that taxes weren't paid on it. Yeah, wow. That tea, that harbour must have smelled of tea. Yeah. So what actually happened in the Boston Tea Party? They got rid of all the tea because they were grumpy at the English. Uh, no, there's a wonderful historical story which we just don't have time for on today's episode, but we will cover it in some of our other episodes because it's a good one of our historical discussions. Okay, because I don't know enough about American history to know what it is, so I'm quite intrigued to learn yeah. about tea and tea pie. Well, thank you, Chris. That means I, I got a very, not very well-deserved victory, but yeah. a victory yeah. nonetheless. Basically a victory nonetheless. Yeah. So, the choice is yours, Sophie. What are you going to put in our gin? Ooh, it's my first choice. What what do I want? So we've got elderberries, um, cassia, cassia root. I want rose petals. I think nice. after okay. today with the love gin and yeah. the rose petals working so well in it, I think it'd go quite well with it. Perfect. There we go. It's That's got what rose picked. in it. Go rose. Perfect. That was enjoyable. And on that floral note, because that is a tasting note. That is a tasting. We note. shall end. Any last words, Craig? Uh, yes. Um, just to say that this weather has been fantastic and everybody will be out in the gardens enjoying their lovely refreshing tea or their lovely long drinks of floral, lovely pink gins and wines. Um, drink responsibly, of course, but also be outside responsibly. Make sure you're covered in the shade, you're wearing your hat, you've got plenty of sun cream. Slip, slap, slop. That's a lovely. Is one of them like your flip flops? Because they slap and slop. It's a, an old catchphrase from like the eighties. Okay, you sound like an old man now. Yeah, it's fine. Craig isn't that much older than than me. Yeah, <laughs> like a year, not even. No, not even a year. a year. We were born in the same year. Yeah, the year of the 
Dragon. Yeah. Best year. Best year. But yeah, if, if we had gone to school in England, you would have been the year above me, which is sad. That just means I've got an academic years of English wisdom more than you do. Okay. And that's where we'll end the podcast. We'll end on that uh, <laughs> inspiring, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, wisdom-wise note. Yeah. I'm going to go on my floral note, we'll end. Yeah. Uh, drink responsibly, as Craig said. Take a sip and enjoy whatever beverage you're enjoying in the sun. And we will catch you next time where we might get the story of the Boston Tea Party. We might get that in a later date. I don't know what we're talking about to tell you. Until then, goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Bye.